the second podcast of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today's episode is entitled Financial Prosperity. Now, when we hear the word prosperity, we usually attribute that to money, but it's much greater than just our finances. See, I believe the Lord wants us to prosper. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit spoke to the Apostle John as he wrote the words in 3 John chapter 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. That pretty much says it all. The, the Lord wants us to, to prosper in all things, not, not just in our finances, although that's very nice, but he wants us to prosper in, uh, in our families, in our health. He wants us to prosper in our spiritual growth. The Lord desires that prosperity uh, in our life would be a, a witness as to, to his blessing and the abundant life that he wants to give all of his followers. Anytime we talk about the word prosperity, you think of people who may tell you that if you give money to the church in a certain amount, then uh, you'll get a gigantic financial blessing back. Now, let me just say, when you give money to the church, when you want to bless the work of the Lord, you're going to be blessed. It may not always be financially, but there will always be a blessing when we put God first in our finances. And so prosperity is is not something that we can purchase. It's not something that we can buy by a large contribution. Prosperity is a a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It's quality Christian living. If when we hear the word prosperity, we think of just getting a lot of money, I think we need to be very careful of that. Uh, If you're listening to this particular podcast and your desire is that somehow at the end of this, You'll learn all the keys and get all the secrets to how to have more money. I think we might want to reevaluate our motives and our priorities and our desires. When I was a banker for a number of years, I had a lot of customers who were very wealthy individuals. But I can tell you for sure that I've never known or any individual who set up a business with the number one goal uh, to just be rich. They had a desire to have a successful business. They had either a service they offered or a product that they produced, and they wanted to be a blessing to others. Of course, they wanted to be blessed financially by it, but but the the goal of just making a lot of money uh, sets us off in the wrong direction. You might want to write this down. Getting wealthy is the byproduct of doing our best in the work we have chosen to pursue. That's a quote from my book, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And I really believe the key to doing well financially and to becoming debt-free and to living a quality Christian life is is to have a desire uh, of something more than just wanting to bless ourselves. One of the goals of this series of podcasts on finances is to help every believer uh, become debt-free. And there's a process that we will be teaching to help you uh, learn how to get that way. But more importantly than even becoming debt-free, I would like us to think about prosperity in the form of our spiritual prosperity. Because I believe very strongly that if we prosper financially without having spiritual prosperity, we're in for a lot lot of challenges in life. Allow me to tell you a story about a young man 
who I used to do business with when I was a banker. He was, I'm not sure, probably in his early to mid-20s. Uh, he came into the bank. Uh, he was just a normal guy, working guy, and, and had an apartment down the street. And very personable and a, a nice friend, a young man. Uh, and I kind of got to know him. I won't say his name. That wouldn't be proper. But uh, one day he came into me and he said, you won't believe what happened to me. He said, I have some very wealthy relatives who have who died. Uh, and particularly this one individual who liked me a lot and I thought he was a great guy. He left in his will uh, a sum of $50 million just for me. Uh, now, yeah, you heard that right. He, this young man in his 20s inherited $50 million in cash from an incredibly wealthy relative that he had. Now, you know, a lot of you might be saying, well, I'd sure like to have a shot at that and see how I could handle it. Well, let me just show you what happened to him. He was not a Christian man. He was a good man. He was a nice man. And I was talk. I would often talk to him about my relationship with the Lord, but but uh, he he was kind of like interested in. I wonder what I can get with this fifty million dollars. And so uh, he came into the bank and, and he had his first big check for fifty thousand dollars. He put it in the bank, and he changed his lifestyle. Obviously, uh, he wound up with a an extremely expensive car. He bought a, a big house on the hill because. He was going to withdraw from his fund fifty thousand dollars a month uh, for his uh, his standard of living. Now he was probably making less than ten thousand dollars a month uh, before this happened. Uh, and matter of fact, I take that back. He was making when I think about it, he was probably making more like ten thousand dollars a year because this goes way, way, way back. But the young man came in, and as time went by and the months went by, uh, you could see he be, was becoming kind of an angry an irritable individual. And I would talk with him and just try and get an understanding how things were going and how you know things were, were operating in his new lifestyle. And he said, you know, I'm so disappointed, he said, in, in this, this pitiful amount of money that I'm getting every month, every month. So he went to his attorney and he got the attorney to um, change the conditions of the disbursements of his wealth because uh, he said he, he was finding it difficult to learn how to live on $50,000 per month. That's a little hard for most of us to relate to, to think of uh, calling $50,000 a month a, a pitiful amount of money to live on. As the months went by, you could see this young man developed a drinking problem, uh, a drug problem, and he was just completely out of control. He had no relationship with the Lord, and all he was interested in was seeing how much he could buy with his wealth. Uh, sadly, one day I heard that he uh, overdosed on drugs and he was probably in the age of 25 or 26 years old when he passed into eternity. This is a very sad story and, and one that could have been a wonderful story, uh, an example of how to use God's blessing. Isn't it sad that he had no spiritual direction whatsoever other than a spirit of Spending, lust, and greed. You don't have to have $50,000 a month coming in to be challenged with lust and greed. Uh, I have counseled literally thousands and thousands of individuals that make significantly less money uh, who struggle with some of these issues. And I believe the reason they struggle is that they've not focused on spiritual prosperity. 
So I would like for all of us uh, who know the Lord, who are believers, to start focusing on our spiritual prosperity in order to prepare ourselves for the financial prosperity that God, I believe, has planned for your life. If any teaching or lesson on financial success is not based on the word of God, it will be built. We serve a God who loves us. He wants the best for us. I believe he's our biggest fan. I believe he's our cheerleader. But we need to accept that and realize that when God wants to be involved in our finances, his goal is not that we become or that we fail at whatever we put our hands. As you can tell from my teaching so far, I believe in prosperity. I believe that God wants us to prosper. However, there is something that we need to be careful of. And I'm reminded of that in the words of our former president, Calvin Cooley. These are his words. Prosperity is only an instrument to be used, not a deity to be worshipped. Let's look at the word of God for an example of godly prosperity. It's found in Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 and 3. It reads this, with this way. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. From this passage, we see that God wanted Joseph to prosper and that he provided that prosperity for him. And I believe that one of the main reasons that God prospered Joseph was because Joseph was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a man who put God first in all that he did. If we look at all the references to uh, prosperity found in the word of God, it deals with uh, men uh, or women must have the right attitude, must have a desire to bless the Lord and to put God first that they say or do. Uh, let me give you a couple of other examples in the Word of God that talks about uh, godly prosperity. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 9, it says this, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Then in Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5, it says, He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Uh, I think it's easy to see that God will bless us, but he wants us to seek him first. And you see, I believe that God understands what we can handle in our finances and what we can't. Some people get blessed financially by the Lord, uh, and then they use those financial blessings to things that are opposite of serving God. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen people uh, in our church, and we had a church for 20 years that I pastored in North Scottsdale, and a lot of prosperity was there, and a lot of people were very successful. I would see Christians who were very faithful to church and faithful to serving the Lord and being involved in activities in the church, but all of a sudden their business would just explode and, and be blessed, and I believe it was God's blessing. But before long, you found out that they started buying a home up in the mountains and a boat for the lake and uh, and started using those things and put those things first. And you, you stopped seeing them at church. You stopped seeing them involved in activities in the church. And, and there's an example, in my humble opinion, 
that they were prospering financially, but spiritually they had not prospered enough to handle the financial blessings that God had in store for them. Please don't misunderstand me. I have no problem with people getting blessed financially and having some nice things. Personally, my wife and I were blessed to have a, a, a lovely little house up in the mountains, a little place called Prescott, Arizona. And we would go up there and spend a couple of days uh, to, uh, to either I could study or I, we could just, just have really a nice time together. Uh, the summers in Phoenix uh, are pretty hot. <laughs> and that's saying that's pretty, pretty, pretty mildly, but they're very, very hot. And the, the mountain areas uh, north of uh, Phoenix area uh, cool down significantly. Uh, so we would go up there and sneak away for a couple of days here and a couple of days there, but never did we allow that blessing of having that place come in front of the Lord to where we would miss not going to church or uh, not be able to pay the tithe on our finances to the Lord. So it's very important that we understand that God wants to bless us, but he does have conditions in order to receive his financial blessing. Allow me to switch gears a little bit and go back look at some advice from King David. He gave us some great instructions on how to keep prosperity and spiritual growth in balance. Uh, he was growing uh, to be an old man. And during that time, he had established a little wisdom. And he wrote the words in Psalm 37, 4. He said, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, some people may read that scripture as saying, Delight yourself in your desires. But if you read it that way, it's totally incorrect. I believe that God has some steps for us uh, to uh, take as we learn from that scripture that he anointed uh, David to write. Those steps are found in, in Psalms 37, 4, 5, and 6. So let me read 5 and 6 right now. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. There are several keys to understanding this entire scripture. Let me try to, to break them down a little bit and, and reveal God's conditions for financial prosperity. Number one, commit your way to the Lord. Now, commit means to take a stand, to stick with it, and not to waver. We make our commitment to God and we stay with it. Number two, we need to trust God not in more money. If we start trusting in our finances, they'll fail us. We always must place our trust in the Lord. Today, there's a lot of discussion in the economy about uh, where to invest your money and where to put your money and, and how to keep it safe and how to uh, uh, help it to grow and yet, yet be safe. Uh, I would say first start off by trusting God and uh, give right off the top of your finances uh, a tithe or 10% of what you make to the Lord. And that's when we truly place our trust in him. When we do that, then we line up according to his word that says, if you uh, will test me in these things and see if I won't bless you, if I won't pour out a blessing that you will not even be able to contain. Another step in the scripture and found in Psalms 37 and number three is wait for God to bring it to pass. Now, uh, it needs to have patience. Patience is the key to receiving anything from God. I know that uh, I was told as a young man that when I first became a Christian that I should never pray for patience because then uh, God will allow a lot of things to happen. So I uh, that will, will try and test my patience. So I don't pray for patience, but I believe that God um, wants me to have patience 
but I can wait on him, I can trust in him, and I can commit myself to him. Step four is live a godly life, which is evident to other people. When the scriptures talk about how God blessed people in the word of God, like Joseph and like David, uh, it was because they were serving God. It didn't mean they were perfect. It didn't mean that they lived flawless lives because no one lived that life other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the only one who walked the earth without sin. But God wants us to live a godly life. It's hard for him to pour out a blessing on someone who is not serving him, who is not living a, a life that is pleasing uh, unto the Lord. Step five found in, uh, in Psalms 37 is, um, is, is crucial. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now that, that, that's the very beginning, obviously, of the passage. But it's so important that we understand that that is the key to receiving anything from the Lord. There's another one of my favorite scriptures dealing with uh, financial prosperity. And it's found in Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12. Let me read it to you in the New International Version. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? In that passage of scripture, we can see that Righteousness and blessing go hand in hand. Faithfulness and trust are inseparable. Being faithful with the little we may have today is key to whether we will be faithful with the true riches that the Lord desires to bless us with. This reminds me of an old story preached by many pastors. It seems there was this young man who walked up to the pastor one day and said, Pastor, I'm so excited that I am uh, making $500 a month and I'm able to give $50 a month to the work of the Lord as a tithe. The pastor said, oh, that's awesome. And just continue to be faithful. The Lord will bless you. So then a few months, maybe a few years went by and the young man went to the pastor and said, pastor, I've uh, been so blessed by the Lord financially that now I'm making $5,000 a month and I'm able to give $500 a month in tithe each month. The pastor said, oh, that's exciting, and I'm so happy for you. Well, just continue to be faithful, and uh, God will continue to bless you. Then one day, uh, maybe a couple years later, the, the, the young man went to the pastor again and said, Pastor, uh, I, I have a problem I, I need some help with. He says, I've been blessed, and I'm making $10,000 a month now. When I was making $500, it was easy to pay $50. When I made $5,000 a month, it was easy to pay $500. But now that I'm making $10,000 a month, it's really very hard for me to figure out a way to give a whole $1,000 every month to the work of the Lord. And the pastor said, well, I, I kind of understand. He says, uh, well, let me see. I have a solution to that. Why don't I just uh, do something here? Why don't we just pray that the Lord will reduce your income uh, back from 10000 down to 5000 and then maybe back to $500 a month. Uh, and then that'll make it really easy on you to pay only $50 a month to the Lord on tithe. The young man said, uh, Pastor, I maybe there's a better solution to that. Well, you know, we all know this is a fictitious story. Uh, and uh, and yet, is it is it really that fictitious? You see, as a pastor for 20 years, 
I remember talking to many businessmen and individuals and people who work for other men, uh, our ladies or businesses, and their income would go up and up and up. And it seemed that the more money they made, the more difficult it was for them to pay 10% of what they were making. Uh, it's I find it fascinating to think that uh, people would have a difficult time making 10000 a month to give 1000 but not a difficult time to give $50 out of 500 It's really not a situation about finance. It's really a condition of the heart. Uh, if we're thankful to the Lord for blessing us, then we will should be continue and must be continue to be faithful to the Lord and giving of our finances to him. There's another scripture I'd like to read to you that is very pertinent to uh, the lessons um, uh, of learning how to give and how to become debt-free. It's found in James chapter 4, verse 2. Uh, it's near, Here's the scripture found in the New King James Version. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask this amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, first of all, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord. There's also nothing wrong with having wonderful possessions, of luxuries and wealth, and, and literally be able to do things that you never dreamed possible. However, we must never lose track of what our motives are for wealth and why the Lord blesses us with abundance financially. Uh, I really believe that a lot of Christians doubt whether God wants to bless them and that he wants to prosper them. But the word of God is filled with numerous examples of God blessing those who are faithful. Uh, in the prosperity message that we hear, we often hear comments like give to get or give money to get more money back. And, uh, and, and, and if, if you are faithful in giving money to the Lord, then you'll be rich and famous and, and have all the money you could ever dream of. Well, I have a problem with that teaching. I do believe that you cannot give God. And I also believe that God wants to bless us, that we are able to be debt-free and we're able to be a blessing to others. But let me just ask you a question. Why do you give? Why are you giving of your finances to the Lord? Or why do you not give? And I know there's a plethora of reasons that people could give us about giving or not giving. But let me ask you another question. Why do you desire to be debt-free? I've asked that question of many, many individuals that I've counseled over the years. And let me give you some of their responses. Uh, one of them was, uh, I want to be able to give more to the work of the Lord. Well, as a pastor, I always thought that was awesome. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Other comments were, God's word tells me that I can be debt-free, and I certainly would love to have that in my life. Another uh, response was, if I was debt-free, I'd be able to bless my family and, and maybe be able to have a little nicer home or a little nicer car, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. This might be a good time to think about why the Lord wants us to be debt-free. And I would think that's something, if you're single, that you should maybe pray with someone else uh, for direction and guidance. Or if you're married, the husband and wife should get together and pray about if we become or when we become debt-free, then what would the Lord like for us to do? And why would he take us to that point in our life? As I continue this teaching on debt-free living, 
and how to deal with uh, physical, uh, spiritual, and financial prosperity. I'd like to kind of go a little different direction and, and read something that, that was written in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 21. It talks about the finances that we have here on earth and how they can be a blessing in heaven. So let me read from that, starting at uh, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's an amazing passage of scripture, and it's uh, translated in a lot of different ways and preached on differently, but I kind of have a thought I'd like to make dealing with that scripture. Uh, as we make money here, financially here on earth, we we believe that it's a blessing from God. We also believe that uh, when the Lord gives us a blessing, that it's a righteous blessing. So is there is it possible? Have you ever thought about possibly the money that we have here and the finances that we have here, are they something that's righteous that we could turn into unrighteous by the way we use it? If we give to the work of the Lord, or if we bless other people, then we are basically laying up treasures in heaven. If we just continue to spend money on ourselves and continue to buy, 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 and get, 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 then it, we could actually take what's what I call a righteous blessing from God and turn it to something that's truly unrighteous. So, so when you give to the work of the Lord, or when you get out of debt, you get yourself in a position where you are financially able to do things that you never thought about doing, think about that investment in heaven or that investment on things here on earth. Uh, once again, nothing wrong with having nice things on earth, nothing wrong with going on nice vacations, having nice automobiles and cars uh, for your kids and sending your kids to college. Those are all great things. And I really believe the Lord uh, desires for us and wants us to be able to do that. But in order to continue to use the, the funds that God provides for us in a proper way, uh, we must always take into account uh, what can we do with those funds to bless the work of the Lord and also uh, to bless our home and our family. So um, without going any further on that issue, let's just leave it at this, that uh, debt-free living is awesome, but we need to think about what we'll be doing with the funds after we become debt-free, uh, and will it be pleasing unto the Lord? Before I end this episode, let me um, let me just pray over you and pray for you and and, uh, and ask a blessing over you. Lord, our prayer is we will never become a slave to obtaining financial prosperity. We can experience debt-free living and have freedom in our finances when we learn to trust our God and keep our motives pure. Spiritual prosperity must always precede financial prosperity. Help us, Lord, to seek first the things you desire. When we do that, we will establish a foundation on which you will be able to build. We will live our life free from debt if we follow your directions. May we trust you in every area of our life. Thank you, Lord, for your desire to help us be debt-free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In closing, I'd like to emphasize a couple of major points, I think, that I tried to make in this lesson. First of all, money without spiritual growth 
may become the destruction of our life. Another point made is there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to give us prosperity. And finally, words of President Calvin Cooley when he said, prosperity is only an instrument to be used, not a deity to be worshipped. Never forget that our God loves us, wants to bless us, and wants to prosper us. He wants to prosper us in all things that we would be in good health even as our soul prospers. He desires that we are to be leaders and that we are to be overcomers and that we're to live a quality Christian life. I can get excited about thinking of hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people who from this teaching see themselves debt-free and then actually experience that, to, to have the freedom of not being obligated to someone else just to make your house payment or your car payment, to have the freedom to be able to uh, do things what you'd like to do, to be able to give to your church when you feel led of the Holy Spirit to do so, when you feel led to send your kids to a, the college, maybe a, a nicer college than what you were originally thinking, or to be able to just, just be there uh, to, to help others, uh, uh, you know, experience the same, same thing that you have experienced. You know, when we learn something from a lesson like this, it's not just for ourselves. These lessons are being taught so that people can take them to heart, see that happen in their lives, and then share that with other people so that Christians that you know, your friends, your families, your neighbors, would be able to, first of all, experience the joy and excitement and pleasure and satisfaction of knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And then secondly, to know that, that he is willing and desirous of blessing them and, and that it's okay for them to prosper. I pray that you'll be able to take this lesson to heart and that you'll be able to speak it and share it with others. In my next episode, I'll be talking about how setting goals will help us to become debt-free. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. May you live a quality Christian life. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a quality Christian life, and I know that the Lord will bless you. I have my book titled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living and several others on faith, generosity, and various aspects of living a quality Christian life. In upcoming podcasts, I want to take you on a journey, a journey to be debt-free, a journey to know what it's like to see the abundance of God flow into your life, to know what it's like to live an overcoming financial life, to live a life that's free from worry and, and, and concern about making next month's payment or living paycheck to paycheck. We'll be talking about subjects like goals will set us free. Matter of fact, that's going to be uh, my next episode will be focused on how goals will set us free. We'll be talking in the future about setting up an expense plan and, and finding the miracle in your finances, learning how to control spending and, and how to have the freedom to make the right decisions uh, in our finances, uh, to understand what financial success really is all about to be able to examine spiritual or financial prosperity a little more and maybe a little bit more detail than we did today. I want to have a, at least one session on money and marriage because 
it's I have learned and read that recently that one of the top five reasons that people divorce today is for because of financial failure in their marriage. We're going to be talking about topics like is it okay to borrow and, and if it is, when is it okay and, and how to have discipline uh, in our life and what our inheritance is from the Lord and how he has an inheritance for us. Uh, a lot of people don't think of it that way, but he really does. It's, it's, it's explained throughout his word. And then things, finally, I've added a, a, a new topic, I think, to this series. It'll be how to plan for retirement. Now, some of you who are very young are thinking that, well, I don't need to worry about planning for retirement. That'll all be taken care of when I get there. Well, that's just not the case. And, and we need to set, have a mindset now that if you're 20, 30, or 40 years of age, that retirement will be here before you know it. And now's the time to, to do our planning. And those of you who maybe, you know, maybe you're 50, 60, or 70 years old, and you're wondering, how are you going to have the funds to be able to retire and not have to live off of family or, or for handouts from people? Well, God has a plan for you. I, I had one individual, I remember a 65-year-old man who had made good money for many, many, many years. Uh, and uh, I mean, like six-figure income. This was back in the in the 80s and 90s, uh, and before the turn of the century. Uh, and he had no savings. He didn't own a house. He had absolutely nothing. And in a period of like three years, we were able to get him involved where he purchased a home. He had some equity. He started saving. He started controlling his spending. And in a matter of only three years, he was in a position that he could actually retire and feel comfortable in that retirement. So God can do that for you. This concludes episode two's lesson on financial prosperity. Look forward to our next episode entitled Setting Goals to Help Us Become Debt-Free. May the Lord bless you. Go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com.